Welcome to the Digital Report Podcast, where you discover how to connect, influence, and inspire in the digital age. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Digital Report Podcast. And on today's episode, we have Ninder Johal, BL, that's Deputy Lieutenant of West Midlands. And Ninder is the owner of the Natural Group, which encompasses the music label Natural Records, um, Natural Record Events, and he's the publisher of the Business Influencer magazine. Welcome, Ninder. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Yeah, good afternoon. It's uh, nice and, uh, well, it's nice outside, but it's a bit frosty. It's a bit frosty. (laughs) Everything's good. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time out to have this conversation today. And um, I just wanted to pick your brains and share with the listeners about the whole idea and concept of influence. You know, so just to get the conversation started, what is influence? I think um, I think we're all influencers. It just may be that uh, sphere of influence, in other words, the amount of people we can influence, can vary depending on the sector you work in could vary on the sort of the industry and the type of work you do. It might vary on geography. So it might be that just within a certain geographical area might actually be that you're very influential within your family circles. But I think we're all influential. It just depends how you want to define the word influence. I suppose the other definition is how do you measure it? How do you know when someone is influential or isn't? And to one person, individual A may be influential, but to person B, that person may not. So it's really all in the eye of the beholder. And and and, and really, you let other people determine, I think, whether you're influential or not in any particular given situation, because you could be influential just in a situation. Just at that moment in time, you make that big call. So you're influential. Uh, maybe you're influential over a period of time, and maybe you're influential over a period of time in another geography, and then in another geography. Look, it's quite a complicated, uh, but nothing new. You know, as human beings, we're all in a position to influence someone. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I mean, I've, I always find it fascinating uh, uh, around that topic of influence because it's like you said in different situations in different scenarios, you may have that influence based on, for example, achievements. It could be based on positioning. It could be based on expertise. It could be based on music. Like you guys were very influential in the Bhangra industry when you, you know, originally started yep. with the music band. So it's like you said, I mean, it really depends on the perception people have in, in the kind of spheres and areas that you're working in, right? Right. That's right. Completely. And, and, you know, and you may you may or may not think you're influential. Other people will determine that. And I'll tell you how you know whether people perceive you are influential or not is the amount of times they seek your advice. Mm. And I think if they seek your advice, then there's some value attached to whatever you say. And if there's a value attached to whatever you say, then there is an element of influence. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I got a question for you in regards to so you know when you um, uh, basically had the award for DL and became deputy lieutenant, right? Does that mean we have to salute you now? Know? <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't think so. No, no. Um, I, I, I'm the representative of the Lord Lieutenant, who's the representative of the Queen. But yeah, again, 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 I think that role in itself um, assumes that you have a 
a, a position of influence so that if um, a message or something needs to be sent out to a community, then uh, you're in a, a, a position that's regarded as influential enough to be able to put that message out. Yeah. So we're the, we're the conduit between the royalty, the Lord Lieutenant, and the community, really. So, yeah, so one assumes, I can only assume that I was of sufficient influence to be invited to become a, a DL, of which I'm very proud. No, that's amazing. I mean, we're so we're all so proud of you. I mean, um, watching your journey over the years, it's, it's like really, it's, it's inspirational as well. Not just you know. Thank you. You know, so it's it's good to see that. So if we if we talk a bit about that, let's let's explore that a bit. I mean, um, what do you? Let, let's talk a bit about your achievements. I know we don't always like to. It's not really bragging, but sharing with the world about what you've done because you've done a lot of things in in music industry as well as business and 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 a lot up north in in the west midlands right so if we um have a little conversation about what do you think built up like what built up to that place where you did think get invited to become um the deputy lieutenant i'm assuming i don't i don't know i mean i haven't asked the question you know why was i picked um what led you to that decision um but, but I think I've been fortunate that I've sort of operated in sort of three different sectors now mm-hmm. in terms of professions. So there's the music industry. And you're right, I uh, started a band called the Jana Good VJ. So I did majority of the Matabah player. I did a majority of the management leadership side behind it. What was really interesting about leading a band of creatives is understanding how to make sure that each creative musician is enabled, has the freedom to fulfill that potential creatively, whilst at the same time making sure that every musician plays within a structured format, a team format, because uh, the audience doesn't want to hear seven different musicians, they want to hear one band. Mm. And so so, so, so that was, um, that was, was my first experience of leadership. And, and the beauty behind that was traveling all around the world, doing big shows, that was really, really um, enjoyable. So we play with people like Fatboy Slim, uh, Tom Jones, who, by the way, he's brilliant on stage. Tom Jones, um, Prodigy. Mm-hmm. Um, way, way back when we first started, Boney and were just on their way out and we were just coming in. And we played with them on the Jumeirah Beach, around 120,000 people, which itself was quite a, quite a thing to see. Um, then, of course, I set up the label, Natural Records, and then, of course, uh, I was in the uh, in the great position to see the track Mundi Adobatike, chart number five in the UK, chart number seven in the US because of Jay-Z, chart number two in the German charts, chart number one in Italy, knocked off Ronan Keating, and then registered another eight number ones, which made it the biggest global Pongada track of all time. Wow. And I suspect... Um, I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I'm going to see that in my lifetime again. Mm-hmm. And I suppose, if anything, uh, my legacy I leave behind is that while it took me over a decade to do it, my dream of taking a Bangladesh track <clears throat> into the mainstream was indeed fulfilled. And, and I suppose what was the, the real pleasure behind it was to see our track, a Punjabi track, completely battering charts around the world. Yeah. And, and, and the form of music, and to tell you know this, where really we all thought 
that it only belonged to us, that mm. really nobody else was interested. Mm-hmm. That, you know, people in Greece, in Italy, in South America, I suppose the biggest thing was when we sold it back to the Indians, that was quite a, that was quite a feat in itself. Um, but I suppose, yeah, that's pro- that has to be the highlight. And then from music, I moved into event production. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I do the signature awards in Birmingham. I do the natural entrepreneurship awards in Leicester, which you've been to. Uh, we do the natural uh, business awards in Wolverhampton. And, and then we do the signature awards again in, 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 um, in London. And they were progressing really, really well. And we did very well with them. And they're mostly geared towards entrepreneurs and mm-hmm. SMEs. Um, and the moving to that was quite easy, really. I just took the skills I learned in the music industry, which is around branding, uh, marketing, uh, messaging, and just took it into a particular marketplace. And I seem to meet Asian entrepreneurs all the time. So the entrepreneurship seemed to be the place to take it. And having done the journey myself with Bhangra Music, it seemed a natural place to go. And a natural flow, uh, and, right? And, 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 that, and, 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 and that part of the business has flourished, really, really done well. We've done really well with that. And then, of course, COVID came along. Mm. And um, so the events had to stop. And that's when um, the new magazine, I don't know if you can see it, there we go, yep. called The Business Influencer. Um, that's when that came up. Mm. Um, and that was really building on the success we had in the events business I must to say to that audience, well, whilst we're not doing events, we'll continue to send you content. But actually, we'll send it in a magazine format. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and that's worked really well. That's worked really, really well. So, um, yeah, that's that's the journey. So my guess is I've, I've had the good fortune to meet a lot of influential people um, from business and, and music and so forth. Uh, that sort of led itself to the title. Um, and because I've done relatively well in music and events, and of course, publishing's only just started now. Um, and maybe that's why somebody somewhere said, well, he wouldn't make a bad uh, deal mm. because of what he's done to date. Yeah. Um, and of course, the other, the other big thing, Jitinder, uh, when people talk about being influential, uh, sometimes you can be influential by doing things that don't benefit you. Mm. Now that sounds a bit strange, but let me explain. So, mm-hmm. I, um, so the moment I sort of stepped out of the music market, um, I was determined to put something back into society. So I joined uh, as a governor at a local little school. You know, if you've got a, a skill set that can assist other other institutions, I think you should. Yeah. Um, then I became a chair of a charity called Steps to Work. I became president of the Black Country Chamber of Commerce. Now, none of these things benefited my business, but it was a way of me putting something back. Mm. And, and I think by doing those type of things, you can become influential, even though it's got to do with your business, if that mm. makes sense. Because by operating in spaces that are outside of your business, you tend to meet people that are different to you. You tend to meet people who have a different skill set to you. Um, and it's in those areas you do most of your learning because you're learning stuff that you know nothing about. And I think the more knowledge you have, the greater there's the chance that you can become influential. And the reason behind that is um, more knowledge leads to better decision-making, 
better decision making means you make the right calls and therefore people see that and you say the right things and therefore they start to see you as influential and, and by the way um makes you a better person as well mm, mm. Uh, that's fascinating that's, a, that's a, yeah. so that's the sort of the steps yeah no no absolutely i mean i just i just find you to um uh, you know you, you're talking about um the, the music side and you were putting artists out there and obviously you know the music industry is massive anyway and as an artist grows the influence on that side of things grows as well and then you moved into the events side of stuff um you know with the events when you guys were doing awards and stuff i mean because this is obviously going to be based on influence as well when you guys were doing the awards and awarding people how were you going about like the criteria and you know the the judging of you know who's going to be an award winner and all that kind of stuff because obviously that there's massive influence that plays a role in that as well right yeah, so uh, I, I always say to I always say to people, um, and, and it's probably more relevant now than it's ever been, is with social media you have the opportunity to promote your brand, mm. both as an individual, but also as a business. Yeah, and 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 I think your brand or your influence starts to take traction dependent on what people say about you. Mm. So the more people say positive things about you, the greater the probability that probability that your brand is being enhanced, and that's really what it's down to. So when when we uh, when we were looking um, to do the awards, the main emphasis behind it was how can we promote business, how can we promote uh, enterprises and SMEs, because without them, the country and the economy can't function. Mm. So, so the awards night came together with three, three, three particular aspects. One was learning. Mm-hmm. So we normally have a great keynote speaker that the audience can learn from. So that's the learning aspect. Uh, the second thing is, and I know it's been difficult at the moment, but the second is by being in the room with 500 people, 550 people, is an opportunity to learn from the people in the room, mm. people who are in different industries, different sectors, and possibly even create new business connections. Mm. So that was the second bit. And and the third one was celebrating and celebrating by giving uh, uh, awards out to people. So that's, and, and the criteria really depended is, is how long has the business been operating? Mm-hmm. What its key achievements? Um, what did its balance sheet and profit and count? profit and loss account look like mm-hmm. and what does the future look like for this business and how is it done in comparison to other people in the same sector mm. so you bring all that together uh, and that's when you then the judges arrive at a winner yeah so when you're doing the events and stuff then you had the opportunity to basically like you said learning element you bring in someone doing keynote speaking um that was that based on um someone who's got a skill that they can share or how did you go about selecting the person who would be doing the, the, the kind of teaching side of stuff on stage? Okay. So, so the person that we normally picked um, had to have a story. Mm-hmm. So they had, they need to have, they need to have a story to tell people mm. because if they have a story, then people can see why they've arrived from one place to another. Yeah. Then people are more happy to listen and say to themselves, Oh, well, I want a bit of that story. Mm. How can I be a bit of that story? And what can I learn from this person so I can have 
a story similar to that. Mm-hmm. So, so you tend to pick you tend to pick pick people with a story, people with a sense of achievement, uh, but also you've got to pick someone who can articulate all those things mm-hmm. whilst they're speaking as well. Yeah. So you can't just pick anyone. You've got to be able to make sure they can articulate that journey. Yeah. And 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 they're the, they're the sort of type of things we looked at. And, and and I think over the years, that's become an important component of the evening, is the keynote speaker. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. no. I mean, I've attended one of your events, and um, I think we had uh, at that particular one. I think Jajar was speaking at that one. That's um, right. Yeah, that's um, uh, it, it was good. Interesting stories that he was sharing. So that's quite cool as well. Um, and then I suppose you, you it's, it's like you said, it's the similar kind of thing when it comes to the actual businesses themselves. It's based around the, the achievements and what they've done. And how important do you feel that it is, is to actually celebrate the, those achievements? You know, because not everybody's doing it, but you guys are doing it. Like how important is that to showcase that side of things? I, th- I think um, it's our duty to inspire the next set of entrepreneurs mm-hmm. to say, look, you know, uh, go and create those businesses because you will then create the future jobs. The future jobs will create the future economy. Mm. Um, so it's very, very important. Being an entrepreneur and setting up a business is one of the biggest challenges you'll ever have. It's not easy. Mm. And I think for someone to achieve something, we ought to celebrate it because to get to where they have they got to is not easy. It's hard. It's very risky. Long hours, lonely place. Um, so yeah, that was one of the principal reasons of making sure that, but of course, remember I, I said, all, we hold the events for all the other reasons as well. Yeah. You know, yep. the, the learning aspect, the networking aspect, um, the socialization aspect, um, and just having a good time, but putting it all together as a, as a package so that it works. So, uh, and, and thankfully it's worked not just in Wolverhampton, not just in Leicester, not in Birmingham, but also now progressively in London as well. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's amazing. I mean, just then, like moving on to like your your magazine because now um, it's a business influencer magazine, right? That's what you've. It, it's a nice progression. It's, it's funny it's got natural records, but there's a natural flow to your business as well as to the kind of connected synergies with everything you've done, right? So with your magazine, how how did that come about? What was um, uh, you shared a little bit, but how what kind of triggered that? Yeah, that was um, that wasn't that difficult actually. Um, so um. My business partner, my wife, Narinda. Um, so we, we sort of, um, every month or so, we'll, we'll put down a bunch of ideas that we think we'd like to do in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and we tend to park them for a variety of reasons. One could be we haven't got the time. Uh, could be we haven't got the skill set. Mm-hmm. Uh, could be uh, it requires a lot of money at this moment and would rather use that somewhere else. So it could be a variety of reasons. Uh, and, and the magazine was something we always wanted to do because we always thought as the event side was continuing to grow, we were building up a good audience. And it seemed at some point in the time to be able to offer them another product. Mm. And so the magazine was always there playing in the background. Uh, and then obviously on March the 23rd, when the prime minister said we have a lockdown, I think by middle of April, end of April, we thought this could be a prolonged lockdown. Mm. Is there anything we can do whilst the lockdown continues? So we pulled out those ideas, went through those ideas, 
and popped up the magazine. We thought, well, the reason we've got here, we didn't do it in the past, is we didn't have the capacity, the time, because we were so busy with the events. Well, actually, time we have, something we wanted to do, uh, we think we've got the skill set to do it. Admittedly, it's a totally different mm. sector, publishing. Um, and then once that decision had been made, we went for it. Now, the interesting thing about making those kind of decisions is the idea generation was happening when things were good. Mm. So making the decision when things are difficult is not that hard, if that makes sense. Yeah. Now, we, we hear the word we hear the word necessity, the mother of invention. So when you're up against it, you've got to, I, I think sometimes it's good to have the ideas when you're free, free of stress mm. and then to implement them at the right time. So you're making the right decisions at the right time for the right reason, as opposed to we have to do something panic, 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 panic. Mm. We're going to have to do something, which is the necessity is the mother of invention. Um, so I, I will say once we get back to normal times, I would still argue, I would say to people, take time out during the normal month of the week and generate those ideas when you're in the right place Very to generate idea. those ideas yeah. uh, and then implement them when the right time comes. But you won't rush it because you'll have done the thinking behind it before, mm. if that sort of makes sense. So. So the magazine, a lot of people said, oh, it's a bright new idea. Well, actually, it wasn't that new, and it wasn't that bright because it was in our plan yeah. Yeah. from quite a while. So, so execution becomes much easier if the rationale has already been worked yeah, out yeah. previously. Absolutely. So I would say to people, um, when you're in stress, that's not the right time sometimes to make decisions mm. because you haven't had – the luxury of having to think it through. Mm-hmm. So I think if possible, you know, when they say when, when it's sunny outside, do the right things. Don't wait for the rain to come in because then it's the roof and the roof goes. So always try and come generate ideas when you're at your best. Mm. That's during times, good times rather than stressful times. Yeah, no, that's, that's some real good gems then. I mean, it's, 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 I think one, you're showing adaptability, Two, you got this entrepreneurial spark, but you also said something very, very important because you said uh, like having a calmer and relaxed mind is when the ideas and solutions seem to come. And when you're stressed and all over the place is when it can, it's not, you're right, it's not a good place. It just actually adds more, more to your mind than your plate. Well, I I, I think a classic example is, um, I don't know if you play football, but if, if you're asked to take a penalty in the local park with your friends, yeah. you've probably scored 10 times out of 10. Somebody puts you in a high-pressure point in front of 100,000 people mm. in, a, in, a, in a cup final. That's a totally different set of scenarios. That's pressure point. Mm. And you're probably not going to score 10 out of 10 because the pressure takes over and it just changes the way you see the whole thing. So if you can take yourself to the local park every time with no pressure, you're more likely to score. So I think, um, yeah, it's something we started to do regularly was to generate ideas during the good times. And that's come back to, that's come back to suit us. That's, um, I mean, it's fascinating using that example. Like um, that's influence in itself. I mean, if you take the example of football, you know, we've seen it so many times when, you know, people, they're about to do a penalty kick, they've messed up and all of a sudden that influence it's had 
on the country, on the team, and potentially the player is like, oh, it could go positively or negative depending on what happens in that situation, right? I mean, that's the the burden, isn't it? That's like the dark side of influence. If you want to, um, you know, talk a bit about that, like what are the the kind of downfalls that could happen with just having the kind of position, yeah. that, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, I, I say to people who have um, big followings on social media. I say to them, um, with that comes responsibility. Mm-hmm. Because if you are now a person of influence, then whatever comes out of your mouth can have an effect on other people. So be careful the word you use, the manner in which you use those words, and when you use those words, because mm-hmm. that really will be um, will be important. And their, their positioning is, has now changed. Some people choose to, to take that advice. Other people don't, and they just continue, and then it does come back to haunt them because they said the wrong thing. Yeah. And it completely, you know, blows up in their face. It's the experience and lessons of life in those kind of situations. <laughs> yes. Definitely, definitely. Let, let's talk a bit about more about the, 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 the magazine. So in your magazine, uh, I mean, what's like the format? Like, who are you interviewing? How, how are you getting these people together? And it's called Business Influencer. Like, you know, what's the kind of uh, drive and long-term kind of goal with this? Or what is it that you're hoping? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Okay, so so what we, so it's originally set up to fill that gap between the events. Um, and so we asked ourselves, um, normally in periods of crisis or in any period really, any any person in business or in life who wants to become better than what they, than they are now, they need to understand as much of the environment in which they operate. So even if you're not in business, you still need to know what's going on around you. So we looked at topics that we think if you want to become an influential player yourself or you want to become a better version of yourself, then if you can learn about entrepreneurship, about leadership, decision-making, uh, about the role of tech, because that's changing everything. So this morning I was doing a, a podcast for that because we have a podcast for the business influencer. And I interviewed a, a senior guy in uh, 5G technology. Mm-hmm. So he spoke about, you know, what 5G will technology will bring to the world. So we talk about tech. Uh, we talk about finance. So anybody who's running a business, and even if you're not running a business, you still need to understand finance. We then talk about place. Uh, and the places where we live, the places where we work, the places where we shop, and how that's now being changed because of COVID. So, example, if you look at the high street, some of the retail outlets are disappearing, may never see them again. Uh, yet, if you look at online uh, retailers like Amazon, they're making more money than they've ever done. So, that's changing, and our shopping habits are changing. So, we talk about place, the importance of place. So, uh, and then we talk about what's happening today. So we've had reports um, in previous editions um, how COVID has affected Kenya. We had a great report on that. We had how COVID has affected India and how they recovered or trying to recover. Um, and we've got a piece in this one that's just coming out today. Um, it's just arrived today, so it'll be out. It'll be distributed out today. Um, so we've got a great piece around Trump going, how does that change the world? How does that change uh, us leaving Brexit? How does that change our relationship with China mm-hmm. and our relationship with the EU? 
So we've got some great pieces on that. Uh, we've got a great thought leadership piece from Seth Godin. Oh, nice. Who's, um, yeah. yeah, he's the number one sort of marketing guru. And he talks about what marketing should look like going forward. And he's an American entrepreneur. Um, and then we've got articles around mental health. So what can we learn from New Zealand? So there's an article in the clinical psychologist from New Zealand explains how to cope with something like COVID. Um, we've got pieces around how digital now will change the way we live mm. in terms of place. Uh, we've got a great article on uh, Easy Food. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they're the competitors to Uber Eats. Yep. So they explain how they've expanded during COVID. So they've experienced uh, in the version that's coming out next, we talk to people in the events industry and they're the reverse. They're saying how they've suffered. Mm. Uh, we've had um, articles from people in the food industry. We've had articles around how COVID has also changed, is how we see the environment and how suddenly people like Tesla are pushing the frontiers of electric cars. So there's a great article in there around batteries and what the new car looks like and how the automotive industry is going to work. We've got a, an article in there around the forthcoming March budget mm. and how entrepreneurs should think about budget. So it's all things around leadership. And, and, and I'd say there's a brilliant article in the one that's just was out last last uh, last last edition. Well, it was a lady who took on a failing school right? that was financially, financially in deficit. Uh, only 30% of... Um, the teachers were permanent, so the rest were on supply. Can you imagine? Wow. 70% of your employment are part-timers and that falling numbers. And she turned the whole place around. Aminda Chen is her name. And um, it's now uh, financially strong. It's a high-performance school. And she was awarded an OBE by the Queen for what she did. Wow. Um, so there's things you can learn about leadership on how people can turn around failing schools so articles around everything that somebody in business would want to know and we were hoping by the end of time every time you read the magazine you put the magazine down you say i know more about the world now than i did yesterday yeah and if yeah. that's the case we've done what we set out to do yeah no that, that's um that's that's fascinating stuff because let's just that's the key isn't it learning from people who've already done it and picking their kind of mind and insights um just allows that information to be real and raw you know uh because there is there is a lot of uh fake news there's a lot of noise you know uh, there's loads of nonsense out there as well and it's good to see these kind of articles and things that you guys are doing with legit people right which is just um just going to be beneficial to everyone like if how how are you go, going about um, actually selecting people? You know, if somebody wants to be in your magazine, like what what's that like, or what's your criteria? You know, just in case for people who are actually okay, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So we've had people approach us, said we'd like to write about this or would like to write about that. Um, we've turned a few people down mm -hmm. because their article was really all about sales because mm -hmm. they were trying to sell their business, right? You know, this is what our business. And we said people are not interested in that. Um, and, and so what we tend to look at is we tend to look at once we've read it, is there anything new in that magazine or in that piece that I didn't know about? Mm. 
And if it's sharing a story or there's bites of knowledge or influence in there, then um, then we run with it. So example in this um, one that's just come out today, it's a brilliant piece around globalization and how that affects where we live. And that's by PwC, the number one accountancy firm. Right. Brilliant piece on the, how globalization will affect us and how COVID will affect us. Mm. And that's already getting rave reviews. Uh, so, yeah, it's we have to be selective. We have to have the right stuff in there. Um, but we've already generated global interest. So we're close. We haven't done it yet. We're close to doing a deal uh, with an American company that will take our product into some of the stores in America. Right. And they, they liked the magazine. They thought it was good. They thought it was international. And, of course, what's also different about the magazine is because of the events, we've got to know a lot of people from different sectors. Yeah. But here we go. But we all look different. Mm. And so, therefore, once you start to get to the magazine, you're reading people with Chinese backgrounds, yeah. Afro-Caribbean backgrounds, Nigerian backgrounds, American backgrounds, British backgrounds, the whole shebang. So it's so diverse in its content. Very and the yeah. people background it's uh, it's a very appealing read no i mean that that's 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 an amazing thing in itself because i suppose um uh, this is interesting so it, it's, it's almost like because uh, it's when you look at the mainstream magazine the stuff that's out there it's you could say it's biased towards one side or another right but you guys are coming in from diversity just bringing out lots of different people so it becomes appealing to a much yeah. wider audience in that context right yeah and that's influence in itself. So what we haven't got, yeah, so we haven't got just all corporates. Mm. We haven't got all, we haven't got just all um, SMEs and micros. We've got the right mix. So we've had, um, we had a great article from uh, the vice chancellor of the University of Wolverhampton who explained how when lockdown happened, they had to, have to, they had to change the entire model from teaching physical one-to-one in a big classroom to a digital approach and how you get all that material. So there's some fascinating, fascinating insights into how you run big operations and how you cope. Mm. And I remember one um, in the first edition, um, a lawyer of a big firm had been promoted, I don't know, I think on the 20th or the 21st or something like that. And his first day in the job, let a lockdown. Mm-hmm. And he had to try and handle how how do we lock a whole place down? Yeah. And how do I talk all to our clients? And how do I talk to all my solicitors? Wow. And my lawyers. My gosh. So imagine that on day one, being your day one in yeah. is you're in lockdown. Yeah. I, see, this so is the thing. This, it's interesting, and a lot of people read a lot of interest out of that. Yeah. Now I can imagine. I mean, you know, it's um this whole situation is is going to bring about a lot of change in technology and the way we do things. Yeah. Um, it's getting people to think differently. So it's um, uh, in, it's definitely interesting times, definitely interesting times. Um, yeah, no, I mean, th- this has been fascinating. I mean, you've been sharing about like branding, you know, we've been talking about positioning, we've been talking about connections, community, networking, right? Um, there's such a vast um, array of different things that need to happen or take place in order to um, allow someone to be of influence, um, and then the perception that's created as, as to when people 
you know, when, when they're, they're in the public eye or they're seeing this and the different industries, you know, you could potentially go into a different industry with different perceptions. Um, it's been fascinating to hear all that. Um, then the, uh, if any, any last words before we kind of finish off on this podcast that you want to share in regards to influence? Yeah, yeah. I th- I, yeah, I, th- I think I'd, I'd, I'd say to anybody, um, I, th- I think because of where we now sort of the globally connected digitally connected world um i i think if you're going to survive as a brand mm. i think you have to take ownership of your brand and i think what you say through the ownership of the brand will be important mm. your online and offline personalities need to match i think you need to be aware that your brand is now open to more scrutiny than it's ever been so there's no way to hide mm. I think you have to be consistent in your behavior. I also think you need to reach out to the community to whom you are interacting with rather than sitting back and waiting. I think by being proactive, you're better suited to deal with a crisis when it comes along than being reclusive. I think if you can put things back into the community with which you operate, the chances are that you will benefit. Um, even if your business doesn't, you will as a person will benefit. And, and I think my overall thing is, is always be careful about what you say, mm. always plan ahead about what you say. Um, and I think if you're an entrepreneur, congratulations on being an entrepreneur and well done on the input you're making into whichever area of business you operate in. And if you're thinking of becoming an entrepreneur, why haven't you become one? Um, I think you should be becoming one. Um, And I think with tools like this, this great podcast you've got here, uh, and if you listen to us, we we, we put as as it's called the Business Influencer Podcast, I would ask everyone to try and learn as much as you can by listening to podcasts like Jatinder's, by reading as much as you can, but more importantly, probably meeting and talking to people who look different to you, who dress differently to you, and who speak differently to you. Because that's your greatest area for learning and improvement. That's the bit that takes you out of your comfort zone, isn't it? That's the new stuff you're not aware of. So um, that's, that's fascinating information. And, and that's, sharing that's that. the stuff you're, that will improve you. Definitely, definitely. And Ninda, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best thing for them to do? Look, I'm easy to find. I think most people are easy to find on social media. And and, and if you want to um, subscribe to the magazine, uh, again, just uh, DM me. You can DM me or you can contact natural.co.uk. Uh, and the magazine is out today, the new the new edition. Um, and, and I just wanted to thank you for taking time out uh, and having a great discussion with you. Yeah, no, appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much for sharing your insights. I hope everybody enjoyed that and we'll join you on the next one. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Digital Report podcast. To check out the latest podcasts and blog posts, make your way over to www.digital-report.com where you can discover how to connect, influence and inspire in the digital age. 